I'm Effie Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Jane, the podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Once Upon a Gene is proud to be part of Bloodstream Media. Living in a family affected by rare and chronic illness can be isolating, and sometimes the best medicine is connecting to the voices of people who share your experience. This is why Bloodstream Media produces podcasts, blogs, and other forms of content for patients, families, and clinicians impacted by rare and chronic diseases. Visit bloodstreammedia.com to learn more. Hello, rare friends. Welcome to Once Upon a Gene. I'm Effie Parks. Happy holidays to you. And today, if you're listening, when the episode comes out, it's Thanksgiving. I hope you got something delicious to eat and you're taking some time in your cozy pants to relax. Or maybe you're stirring the gravy with your headphones in. Either way, I'm so glad you're here and I am so grateful for you. This is our second annual Turkey Soup for the Soul episode, and I'm joined from my friends in the North, Tyra Skibbington and Tracy Beckett. We are reading your stories and sharing a couple of our own about the rare unicorns that have came into our life, the ones who went above and beyond without being asked. I would need seven episodes to fully thank all of you who listen to this show, who share this show, who send me messages of support. I'm so grateful for you. And the ladies in Ohio who make me sound so good, and London here who makes me look so good, and Grandmama for watching my kids so I can always get these interviews taken care of. Thank you so much, everybody. It means so much to me. You'll never, ever know. I'm so excited for this episode. I know it's going to fill up your heart. Make sure to head over to my social media and share a rare unicorn story of yours in the comments. I'd love to read some of them. Anyways, let's get into it. Good morning, everybody. Tyra and Tracy, my ladies from the north in the land of Canada. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Effie. Great to be here. Yes. Okay. If you listened to my podcast at all, you've definitely met Tyra. She's also been a guest on Once Upon a Gene TV on the Disorder channel. She has a beautiful daughter named Darby who has Pallister Killian syndrome. And she's just an amazing... Makes me feel cozy and reminds me of always different, fun, easy ways to take care of myself. Tyra is a wealth of information and she's just awesome and I love her. And I've welcomed her back for this special episode for Thanksgiving. So Tyra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Effie. I'm glad to be back. I'm, uh, I'm happy for you that gravy is coming quickly. I have no idea. I already dug through my drawers to find my gravy shirt. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) My other guest host, Tracy, is best friends with Tyra. I met Tracy, I don't know, a year or so ago. Tracy, you run a really important operation up there. So give us a little background on it. Good morning, everyone. I'm super excited to uh, be on today's podcast. And uh, it's the first time I've been on a podcast. So yeah, looking forward to the experience. My name is Tracy. I'm I'm a parent of a 16-year-old with a disability, and uh, I also have, for lack of a better word, a neurotypical son, Jack. He is uh, 
13. And uh, I also work for a provincial organization called BC Family Support Institute. And that organization is a, the foundation of the work that we do is a peer-to-peer support model. So we have families and caregivers in the province with lived experience that support other families uh, that have a son or daughter with a disability. And we've been around for 35 years. So many resources. Well, great. Thank you both so much for being here. I am so excited to have this episode, our now traditional Thanksgiving episode. So what we're doing is we all made a little post and asked people to share their stories of their rare unicorn, a story about someone who went out of their way to help our families without being asked. And we have a few really special ones. So Tyra, I'm going to start with you. All right. Thank you. Uh, For the record, I didn't call this person a unicorn when it all happened. It was Tracy that gave me the context. And I just love the idea of calling them this sort of mythical character in the world that shows up that's rare and just so amazing. So uh, our story started actually many years ago when we moved to Kelowna, B.C., One of the things we really wanted to do as a family was get our own Christmas tree and cut it down, just like you see in the movies. And that's really hard to do when you have a kid in a wheelchair. And uh, so we were introduced to a Christmas tree farm here in Kelowna that had a gentleman that opened up his tree farm in October before the snow came so that kids in wheelchairs could actually enjoy the experience and head up to the tree farm in a way that was conducive to sort of wheelchairs and bumps and and that kind of thing. And what was interesting about what Ted did for the families is it started off really small and it exploded into like a full-blown weekend (laughs) where hot chocolate was served and hay rides with modifications for kids in wheelchairs and opportunities for families to connect in a place that wasn't a hospital or wasn't a, a medical appointment. So It became something much bigger than what it was. And so I really appreciated that Ted thought outside the box. And when I asked Farmer Ted, you know, how how it started for him, it, it really just came down to a family that was using the farm on a regular basis. And the one child could not experience the farm. He was always sitting in a wheelchair and his parents would head off and grab the tree. And so he sort of decided to make it a, a day for Sam. So it was actually called Sam's Day at the end, which was really Farmer cool. Ted. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. You know, those are those moments where you feel like you're in this heavenly cloud when you're surrounded by other families and parents and you are like the guest of honor somewhere for something that sounds so simple, but is just everything to a family. I agree. And I think um, making it a tradition and something that we all looked forward to, we would email each other leading up to it. And um, we all brought cookies and treats and just became this social outing in this safe environment. And I just love the fact that I think Ted, if you would ask him now, he's now retired, so we don't go to the farm anymore, but we connect with him. And um, I think if you asked him, he would probably say that he got more out of it than the families did because he he generally got to know each of us. And it was, it seems like such a simple thing, like you said, just just literally opening your doors for two weeks or, or two days or two hours during a time when it's uh, not super busy on a Christmas tree farm, letting us reserve the tree ahead of time. I just think it was a really simple act of kindness. But when I think of the term unicorn, Ted embodies that. Wow, that's so special. I wish you had video footage of this. 
Farmer Ted might need to open it back up. <laughs> I have pictures of us in the in the hayride as my kids got older and bigger. But uh, yeah, no, it was a great a great experience. And and Christmas traditions can be you know a lot of things. And for us, it was a really special October Christmas tradition. Love it. Such a magical experience. So cute. Tracy, how about you? Well, what stands out for me last year in the thick of COVID, Christmas time, I mean, last year we were all in lockdown and I know in Canada, we could have, you know, a couple people over immediate family. And so it was a very quiet Christmas and I'm super grateful for that in in many ways, but that's another podcast. And uh, just out of the blue one evening, my daughter's friend's mother called us and said, we won't be using our condo up at Big White, which is our local ski hill here in Kelowna. And we were wondering if you would like to have it over the New Year's holiday. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, of course, we would love to bring some of our personal items and hunker in for a few days and enjoy the beautiful, uh, magical experience of, of Big White. We are skiers, we, we ski, we go up to the mountain every Saturday, but to stay there and just relax and enjoy the mountain was just a beautiful, beautiful gift. And they didn't want anything in return. And in fact, they said, <laughs> We just, we really just want to give this to you. And when I look back, I didn't realize how much our family would just needed to slow down and recharge. And it was just a, a beautiful gift to our family last year. And we're super grateful for that. Wow. What was one of your favorite moments or memories in the house? It's an older condo. And so we were able to have a real fire and every evening we would light the the fireplace and sit around and play board games and just be together and the heat from a real fire is so beautiful it just you know your cheeks from being outside you know it's just yeah i just remember that that feeling of that comfort and it was really healing just to be in front of a real fire that's probably one of my favorite memories and just walking through the village at night I love that. That reminds me of my friend Leslie and Carl who gifted us their beautiful home in Sun Valley, Idaho for a week. And they let me bring my in-laws so we could relax. And there was like three feet of snow and a hot tub on their roof. It was just really special to be in the winter and be by the fire. Mm -hmm. Man, people are so nice. You know, what resonated for me on that story from Tracy was that you don't even realize the pace that you've sort of been living until you sort of stop and, and take a deep breath. And sometimes changing your physical environment gives you that chance to really reset. You can't scrub your toilets if you needed to scrub your toilets. You can't, you know, go grocery shopping because you're on a ski hill. So there's these moments that are sort of offered to you and it's really obvious, right? And I think even in the there's special needs and rare disease community, um, we definitely don't get opportunities like that very often. So when it's gifted to you, it's it just feels like you're being it's the universe is saying, oh, yeah, you're you're going to do this. There's really no reason. You just figure it out. And if that means something like bringing your in-laws to help you coordinate care so that you can really enjoy it, I think it's pretty cool. Tyra, that's something I love about you so much is you're so good at 
pulling out those really important pieces that you might not think about. Like, hey, you don't actually have to do this chore and this chore and think about this paper that needs to be filled out. And actually kind of listing them, right, on all the things that are taken off of your plate. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, I think you and I sort of talked about this last time, Effie, for us, getting away for one night is like all we need sometimes, right? And being in a hotel and just the different sheets and just, you know, looking at a different view. It's like, sometimes it feels like in the special needs world, for me specifically, it sounds and feels like, you know, Groundhog Day. So when you can change the view, when you can change the playlist, when you can change the, you know, everything, it's just, it's a good reset. So whenever you're, you can be given something like that, uh, for all the people that always ask how to help special needs families, something as simple as offering your condo because you're not using it that weekend. Holy cow. That's like, you just basically gave this family like a, a reprieve, a, a moment to exhale. 100%. And nobody's going to bask in it like a parent like us. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. The bags are already packed because they're used to packing bags. (laughs) So start the car. My girlfriend would say, start the car. (laughs) I love that. All right. Well, I'm just going to read something from my friend, Billy Short. She's been a guest on the podcast and she's just really special. I had the opportunity to meet her in person a few weeks ago in L.A. And she sent me this story about her unicorn. There's a Walker Hayes song called Craig. I cannot listen to that song without crying. The song is the epitome of going above and beyond to help out a family in need. The Short family was blessed by a Craig in the early years of their journey. By the time Emily turned three, our world had turned upside down. I had quit my job to care for Justin and Emily full time. With all the doctor's visits and therapy, it was not feasible for me to maintain a job. Todd was struggling to run our family plumbing business. He had begun to battle anxiety and depression, and we were dealing with a child that had developmental delays. We ended up filing bankruptcy for our business. It was a difficult season, to put it mildly. Fortunately, Todd is a great plumber. He was able to find a job quickly. It was a Monday through Friday gig, and the pay was great. The only issue is that he had to use his own vehicle. We were a one-car family at this point. This would leave me home with two toddlers without transportation. I had no idea how I was going to get Emily to her appointments. I was also scared to be without transportation in case of an emergency but I told Todd we would figure it out. We needed money to pay the mortgage and put food on the table. The Sunday before Todd started his new job, our friend stopped by after church. Anna was in one car with her two toddlers. Her husband followed behind in an old Honda Accord. They got out of the car and told us they had a car for us. We told them we could not accept the car. Ken said, we aren't giving you a car. We're selling you this Honda Accord for $1. There was a time We needed a car. A friend sold this one to us for a buck. The only catch is, once you're done with it, you must do the same. I was speechless, which is rare for me. (laughs) After some convincing by Ken, we accepted the car. We signed the transfer and paid him a dollar. That car was not pretty on the outside, but she got the job done and never let us down. She carried us safely from one appointment to the next for two years. One day, Todd came home from work and said, Billy, there's a guy at work and his mom really needs a car. And we just happened to have one for the low price of $1. Oh, Effie, you got me <laughs> oh going. Oh my God, here. I was trying oh. not to cry during that letter. Wow. People are so nice. <laughs> I wonder where that car is today. <laughs> Hopefully in use. That's some good karma floating around, driving around. Incredible. It, it really just restores your faith in humanity and the gifts and the beautiful offers that people 
just so generously give and what a difference it makes. Yeah. The true chemical reaction of of what happens to you when you get the opportunity to do the same thing for someone else. I mean, the chain reaction of doing good and being kind, it's palpable. And that's one of the things that I think we were talking about even our last session too, right? It's like not even knowing where where it goes when you do something like that. I think there's something really powerful in just doing it because it's the right thing, right? And I think that's such a beautiful story about the kindness of people. And obviously not a lot of us have cars to give, but you know, something as simple as, you know, a lift gift card or something to help a family through a really rough time or whatever the car services that you have in your community. I can't even imagine as a special parent how um, stressful it would be being at home without a vehicle. I can 100% associate how difficult and challenging and scary that would be. So I just think that's so cool when people look at people beyond sort of the disability and think, how can I help instead of just asking, how can I help? They actually think about it and take a moment. And when I think about a unicorn, that's what I think of. I think about somebody that sees the disability, sees the challenges, and then goes a step further, something that they can do. Yes. Oof. All right, Tyra, you're next. Oh, I, you know, I asked a lot of my uh, moms about some of their stories and, and most of them were just, you know, feel good stories about therapists that have helped them out. You have appointments with PTs, physical therapists, speech language pathologists, all these people. And and I can imagine being in that area of work that, you know, you're seeing a lot of people move through and then you don't see them for a long time. And so some of the stories that were shared to me were just general stories of practitioners that went over and above, you know, contacting them after they hadn't seen them in a while, um, sending them a Christmas card initiating contact or, uh, you know, a, a meetup after. So uh, it's nothing, there's no specific stories that I have moving forward, but a lot of people explaining how they've had that therapist that just went above and beyond somebody that thought outside the box when they saw um, some challenges that they were faced with that weren't necessarily in their manual of therapy or their schooling, they they were able to offer help just by thinking creatively and, and being empathetic and thinking, how could how would I do this if this was my child? So yeah, I have no other stories. Anybody else? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think for me, what when I listen to all of these stories, and obviously, Ty and I are very good friends. And you know, I, I don't want to use the word expert, but um, Ty is very skilled at finding access points quietly to support um, families in our community. And it's been such a gift even on the outside to watch that unfold and the ripple effect. And the beautiful part is it's just done. The offer is out there and it just, it's that energy, that um, that collective energy in our community. And I, I know personally, I feel it and I know others do. And, and I think at the end of the day, what for me, it's when people see you, like Ty said, you know, when you're seen for who you really are. And oftentimes, you know, individuals that, you know, have a disability, a rare syndrome, it's, it's overlooked. And I, I do have this beautiful, beautiful, kind story of uh, friends moved into our neighborhood um, several years ago. Unfortunately, they moved away now. And um, our daughter, Abby, was in grade four and this family had just moved to Kelowna. And we were walking home from school 
and we were having a, a, a chat, um, these, this new family and our daughter, Abby had been pursuing this relationship with this new girl. And the new girl was kind of, you know, just not, not super engaged. And in a moment, I will never forget this moment because I broke down in tears. This mom looked at her daughter and she said, this young person is, you know, asking something of you. You need to be respectful of that. And I don't remember exactly the exchange that happened, but I just started to cry. I remember just standing there on the sidewalk, bawling, because that parent had taken the time to say, hey, these opportunities maybe aren't as fruitful as yours. And so my daughter and, and her friend, they formed this beautiful relationship, but that that's a moment that I won't forget because somebody saw that and recognized the importance of just being a friend. Oh, oh my gosh. I love that story. And when you are so lucky enough to be out in the wild and actually see a parent teaching their kid and getting in it with you and not just being polite or completely ignoring you altogether and avoiding the situation, but actually making their kid dig in. Yeah, that was definitely a Velcro moment for me in, in my parenting career. Mm, I love that so much. And it's kind of the opposite of sort of the don't stare, um, put your, you know, don't look at them, don't stare, pulling a child away from a child that's in a wheelchair or somebody that looks different, right? It's, it's like, no, no, we're gonna, we're gonna stare, but we're gonna do it kindly. And then we're going to engage like we would with any other human being. <laughs> and we're gonna do it respectfully, right? So I think that there's so much potential in that. And I think that's another, another conversation, another time. But I know that Effie, you have um, worked tirelessly to put some language and some context to how to approach families that are that look different than maybe regular love that word regular families look like and uh, and how to you know bridge that gap and, and start the conversation and it's and it's a comfort level for everybody everybody has their own sort of way of approaching it but I think the, the don't stare and pulling the kid away is definitely the wrong direction oh my gosh it's don't even get me started on that mm -hmm. yes yeah <laughs> that's another podcast poison <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, I have two other letters. Do do one of you want to read one of them? Oh, you go ahead, Effie. Okay. I don't mind listening. All right. Let me head to it. Okay. This one is from Lexi Emery. I wanted to share a story about our MFM doctor that went above and beyond the day we got our diagnosis at 20 weeks pregnant. After delivering the news of how very, very bad off our baby was in utero, we were in shock. We were both crying and feeling so much that we couldn't come up with any questions. She took us out of the exam room and brought us to her office. She let us stay there for hours, coming up with the questions, taking breaks to cry and to process. After we felt better about our next step and animosities, she quickly got our test done. From there, she encouraged us on how to take care of each other and to go home, eat ice cream, snuggle and watch our favorite movie. She said we would hear back from her with the results as soon as possible, likely one to two weeks. She ended up pulling some strings and got our amnio out that night, a Friday. She called us first thing the next morning on a Saturday with the results. 
She delivered every bit of news with compassion, empathy, kindness, and respect. We encountered many other doctors along our journey that treated us with the opposite qualities. She went above and beyond, and it meant the world to us. Her name is Dr. Harper, and you better believe we named our sweet girl after her, Harper Lynn. Oh, my gosh. Uh. Dr. Harper. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. I mean, it's the same thing you're saying, right? Like, there are these people in all of these spaces that are so scary and so traumatic and just points of pain. And when there's one moment, one person that does something that makes you feel seen, that cradles you in some way, you never forget it. And I also think that in a hospital environment, it can be really hospital-like, right? It's this, you know, um, medical feeling environment. It, you you hear codes being called and ambulances coming up and helicopters landing and there's a lot of buzz and you know that there's patients waiting for you and there's more to come and, and it's just overwhelming in so many ways. So whenever it can feel less hospital-like and more human-like, oh my gosh, like that's that's unicorn land for sure. And, you know, I don't think that the resources and staffing and all the issues that come within the medical community support that in a lot of ways. But when you meet that medical professional that that stops and, you know, puts the unicorn hat on or horn, <laughs> unicorn horn, does that make sense? <laughs> when they get a chance to do that, it's like, wow, we were treated as human beings going through a really, really intense time, not this patient receiving all this really technical medical terminology that's overwhelming and then sent on our way with our parking pass, right? Like it's, so I, I commend them. And, and I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to honor the doctor with the, uh, the namesake. I mean, and giving her the office for hours mm-hmm. to just be sad. Yeah. What I hear too, in that story is just closing the gap a bit. Like Ty said, you know, that creating that bubble of intimacy And it's just so healing and comforting for families when we can close that gap a bit. Yeah, I love the way you put that. I'm going to attach a link in the notes of the news story in the Denver News that is about Dr. Harper Mm. and this story. So make sure to click on that after you're done. So special. Okay, number three for me, Amber Khan is just an amazing mom and Her little one's actually inpatient right now and has been there for several weeks. And she sent me a two-parter because she's got a lot of goodness around her right now. So here's, here's a letter from Amber. As you know, Jordan has been inpatient since yesterday. All the nurses and doctors have been fantastic, but one person stands out above the rest, Mark, an RT who took care of Jordan overnight, noted how tired I was and sympathized with me as he has a two year old who was hospitalized recently with RSV. He was very kind and compassionate. He immediately offered to bring us the better coffee from their staff office. He told us the family lounge was often out of coffee. To me, that was above and beyond. He didn't have to offer that. He could have just done his job and left, but he took the time to get to know my daughter and my family. He asked questions, asked about her and her condition, and offered us an olive branch, if you will, as a fellow parent who's gone through the sleepless nights of a hospital stay. Jordan's occupational therapist from school drove two hours after working all day at school to come see her at the hospital. Miss Betsy is one of Jordan's favorite, and for good reason. She went above and beyond to come and see Jordan at the hospital and even made her a special book of holidays because she knows how much Jordan loves all things Halloween and the Grinch. She's very special to us. 
those things are so little, like coffee and a visit. Mm. I know. I, I definitely <laughs> like that's that's the epitome of the unicorn. Like even though you, you know, we've told stories from a Honda Accord to a cup of coffee, <laughs> it's just this context around like you don't have to do a whole lot. You just have to stop for a moment, get out of your own head and heart and look at somebody else's heart. And I think that's it's such a, it's a cool example of how the littlest things like recognizing you probably haven't slept in a really long time. And I happen to know where the best latte is in this joint. <laughs> and I'm just being able to like, leave it at the door. You know, I, my husband, when he went for his last um, medivac called with our, our daughter, uh, it had been a long, long, long day. And he arrived quite late at night in emergency. And as he was being wheeled in with our daughter, all of a sudden this burrito showed up and it said Chris on it. And so it's reminding me, he's like, I didn't order this. And the staff are like, we were told to give it to you. So somehow this burrito arrived in, in Emerge. So I, I celebrate the burritos and the baristas and the coffee and the Honda Accords absolutely today. Oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> I forgot about that, that story, Ty. That's yeah. The, the burrito that shows up at midnight in, uh, at BC children's hospital for Chris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so special when we share these kinds of stories too, to recognize that these things are so such a common thread in what we're grateful for as parents, but also a little window into like, when you do something, no matter how small or how big, like we hang on to it for dear life and it matters so much. And if we forget to send the thank you cards or whatever, like just know we're telling all of our special families about it and we're remembering it and it's literally giving us energy and it, it matters a lot. Yeah. I agree, Effie. And I think this podcast is just another way that we're showing our gratitude. If the, if the card didn't make it, this is one way that we are just sending it out with laser beams of love everywhere to let people know that we're so appreciative of it. And I feel the stories. I, I remember them. Uh, Tracy and I often call it the hangover of, of sharing this sort of <laughs> vulnerability hangover. And I feel this for days after when I hear these stories and share these stories and listen to your podcast when I hear all these feel good stories. So um, it's the ultimate thank you card, the podcast. So I, I appreciate everybody sharing those stories. And, and I actually just remembered one more if you have time. Effie. Totally. Okay. So my daughter uses one-to-one -one care in school and it's a, uh, in our world, they're called, um, education assistants or CEAs, certified education assistants. And so when Darby was in the traditional brick and mortar school, we obviously had many different experiences with our CEAs. And one gal in particular is no longer working with Darby, but every year on Darby's birthday, she shows up at our door with a jacket that she has custom opened up. So for those of you that have kids in wheelchairs, you know how challenging it can be to get the arms through when you're leaning the kid forward and you're trying to wrestle. It's like you're sweating. The kid is mad. It's this big process. And so she has actually cut a seam down the back of the jacket, so not the zipper side, and so that you can just slide the jacket on and slide the arms in. And she does that every year, even though we don't actually use her services anymore. And she does it because she loves to sew and Darby is a fashionista. So she knows what she likes. And so it's just this really cool 
unicorn offering right in front of me that I'm feeling terrible that I didn't think of right off the bat. Like she definitely, she just dropped it off. And I thought, oh my gosh, you remembered again. It was just so cool. Oh my gosh. Showing up every year. Also, I know everybody's like, where can I get one? Does she have a website? Is she uh, taking our money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I'm one of them. Yeah, she definitely, you know, she's this quiet supporter and advocate. So uh, she does not have a website. This is, a, this is just a little passion side hustle that she has. But uh, I, I would imagine, you know, just putting it out there to the universe, maybe people will will hear it and, and think about if you have if you love to make banana bread or if you've got a really, you know, great crochet side hustle, you know, see if you can come up with different ways to make uh, your neighbors happy. And especially if they're in the special needs community. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. OK, I'll share one that just has been on my mind a lot lately besides everything, everybody. And I, I love you. Thank you for everything all the time. This one is about the bike that Ford is obsessed with that you've mm. probably seen him wheeling and squealing yes. around town. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so awesome. So seriously, <laughs> my best friend Kelly, who lives in Idaho, and her boss, they're just like team Ford all the way. They called me one day and they said, hey, we're sending you all of this money. We asked a couple of our clients uh, if they wanted to donate to give Ford a bike. And we showed him his picture and they were like, heck yeah. And we're just sending it to you. So go ahead and just call the company and order your bike. And I was like, excuse me? This is like a $5,000 bike. And these two people who've literally never met me, don't know me, don't follow me on social, just gave you the money to give it to Ford because they love you. And I called this amazing company in Canada, Freedom Concepts, by the way, if you ever get a bike, order it from these people. What amazing customer service. The guy that works there, Albert, took me on a video tour of their of their company room and like <laughs> showed me all the places that they like weld the metal together and pick the seats. And I had a bike in like three months. Oh, incredible. And wow. It's just so I've I've never I mean, Ford is always fun and happy, but like when he is on this bike. And he's picking the direction and he's driving like a wild man. Like he is the happiest he's ever been. And he's getting muscle like in his leg. I've never I didn't think he would be able to use the bike because his legs don't really bend. And it is just it's doing so much more than giving him fun, which is awesome. And it was just giving given to me by these angels that don't even know us. So thank you for the bike. We're obsessed. I love that. And and I think sometimes, you know, in the special needs or medical fragility world, we sometimes see these beautiful offerings and these GoFundMes and everything when we're in crisis. And so what I love about that story, Effie, is that it's like, y'all weren't in crisis, <laughs> but like it turned up the game for yes. Ford, right? Yes. And it, it like, so that's what I love about it is that it doesn't have to be when things are deep, dark and sad. It can be just recognizing that there's going to be a lot of joy that I can give for this family right here, right now. And let's celebrate the the right here and right now. So I just, I love that. And I love that now I'm going to look at those videos and that bike differently. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, I, I just feel so much joy when I see Ford riding around on that bike and your post, you know, all your posts. And I'm like, this is so amazing. Like, look at this kid go. He's so happy and you know it just yeah the ripple effect of that so i'll definitely start following that company and uh amazing oh yes just so special and you're absolutely right like giving moments of joy is 
just as good as giving moments of respite and all of the other things. Just wow. Well, I could talk about things all day that people are doing in my life. Like this episode could be seven years long. <laughs> I think I think we need to um, start our own holiday and we could have like a unicorn tree where oh my gosh. these stories that just come in and, you know, if you're needing, you know, if you're needing some comfort from a unicorn that you could actually go and go to the tree and sit down and take a couple stories and read them, fill your cup, take a deep breath, walk away feeling, you know, whatever you need to feel. But wouldn't that be cool to start a unicorn tree, a virtual unicorn tree? Tracy. Or yes. a unicorn revolution. Yes. yes. We are doing this. We are making the holiday. Can you just do that as Canadians? Can you just make holidays? Because like, I'll pass it down here. <laughs> Well, Tracy, it actually reminds me of a time when you uh, shared with uh, the community within our school district, the whole unicorn concept. Do you feel like sharing that story? Yeah. So I was asked maybe three years ago, it was at the end of Abby's elementary years. So she in, in British Columbia in Canada, she was in an elementary school from kindergarten through to uh, the end of grade six. And at the end of every year, uh, Student Support Services does a year-end party. And so I was invited to give a presentation on our story, our family's story of inclusion and what worked and to celebrate these moments. And so I was, I was very nervous and I put together a presentation and I shared all these beautiful moments and access points where people like the stories that we are listening to today, people went above and beyond to make sure that Abby and children like Abby were included in all aspects of the school culture. And so I shared uh, part of our story and it was about the power of collaboration, connection and love uh, that we had received, that Abby had given back. And oftentimes, service providers, educators, specialists in the school system, our teams, you know, we, we go to them in crisis or we're always asking. And our system is stretched. It's underfunded, unfortunately. And so people that are working in that system get tired, too, and need a little lift. And so I wanted to give back in a way to say, I see you. I appreciate the, all the work that you've done over the years. It makes my heart smile. And so at the end of my presentation, everybody in the room, there was about 100 people there. They all got a little unicorn. And I said to them, when you're having a rough day and you need a little lift and you need to be reminded of the incredible work that you do with kiddos like Abby and Darby and other unique kids in our district, take a look at that unicorn and be reminded how special you are and the amazing work that you're doing in our district to make a difference in the lives of our children. That is so special. I bet that meant so much to them. Yeah, there were a lot of tears and, you know, a lot of support people came after the presentation and said, you know, that's the first time we've been acknowledged in a long time. And it's not 
you know, it's not because parents don't want to or don't, you know, sometimes it's just we get busy. I can just imagine them all clutching their unicorns yeah. and crying. <laughs> when it's true, right? Like they are the individuals in our lives that are there when we're in the trenches and we're stressed and we're crying and we're trying to do a hundred things at once and let them into our personal space. Like they see so much of what our life is actually like. And it's easy to just, I don't know what the word is, overlook mm -hmm. the power and the magic that they have because they feel like one of us that's helped, you know, that's like helping us and just like knows what our life is like, but they're doing it with such grace. It's not always easy. You know, it's a bumpy road. It's, you know, you ebb and flow. Everyone's working really hard. I have lots of great stories about allies who are doing so many great things for our kiddos that we don't see. And yeah, it'd be nice to shine a light on that too one day. Well, rainbow shooting laser <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> you, get a, you get a unicorn and you get a unicorn. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, man. Well, Tyra and Tracy, I just love you both so much. And I'm so glad that I've met you along, along this journey, too. And I'm so grateful that we get to be here and to share these stories. And I'm wishing everybody a happy Thanksgiving, happy holiday, whatever it is for you. If anything, uh, just a moment of gratitude and maybe think about that unicorn and give them a call or give them a text or, or whatever it is. Or maybe if you're inspired to do that for someone else, just know that it's magic. Yeah. And I think everybody can have a unicorn moment. Yeah. 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 Well, Effie, thanks for the opportunity. It was fun to hang out with uh, you and Ty today and, and to, to share these magical stories of unicorn moments. So thank you. Yes, totally. Thanks, ladies. Okay, and here's one more story that got sent to me after the recording from one of my rare mama friends. So I'm stitching it in. So Tracy and Tyra haven't heard this yet. So just go with it. Elizabeth Eighth Parker, she said... Abby is one of my and many other rare unicorn friends. A couple years ago, when I was leading yoga for the Global Genes Summit in San Diego, Abby Hauser came to my class. We'd never met in person before, but she was there to support me and what I had to offer for the Global Genes community. And she came bearing gifts. I will never forget how encouraged and supported I felt in that moment. She had written me the most thoughtful note, too, one of her specialties, and had a couple things for me to bring home to the boys as well not just for my rare kiddo Ezra, but for his big brother Judah too. Over the past few years, Abby's thoughtfulness, wisdom, kind and energetic spirit has continued to bless me. Whether it's sending more thoughtful notes or offering her experience and insight to me and other rare mamas at Move to Advocate, or demoing ad adaptations for my online yoga classes, Abby is truly one of the best humans on the planet, and I'm so grateful to call her a friend. Thank you, Elizabeth. I love that story so much, especially the part where she brought gifts for your other boy. It reminds me of that Fred Rogers story about how he would bring a present to the kiddo in the hospital sibling because they both deserve to feel seen and special there. And also, if you're not following Elizabeth, head over to Instagram right now. Her handle is move to advocate. She holds yoga classes for people in the rare disease community and does a bunch of other stuff. So Go check her out. Thanks for sharing your story, Elizabeth. I really appreciate it. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people and please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate y'all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you. Ha 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 